available for all of us to be here and be part of. It truly is a wonderful place to be. Happy to be here. And I have a question. Are you curious? Yeah, I know you are. You, I believe you were born that way. Okay? And I also have a confession to make. On the way here, I got curious, and I asked a question, and I listened, and I considered what I heard, and I made a decision. And that was all about how just maybe my message might not be quite up to where you are. You see, this project I've been working on, or not working on, depending on how things go with projects, is called The Skeptic's Guide to Spirituality. Where did the idea for that come from? I was thinking about that, asking myself that question, and I really think it came from my time in leadership at another Unity Church. And the question we were always asking is, why don't more people want this? How could we possibly share more of this blessing that we have found? And, and, and get, uh, just, why aren't people busting the doors down and growing the size of this group? And so I started to think about that question. And over time, different ideas have come up. And what I've recognized, at least chosen to believe, is that a lot of people are skeptical about faith. And I think there are some very good reasons to be skeptical. Uh, you know, there's a lot of confusing things that you find with religion and church. In, in unity, I found something very different. I imagine most of you would concur. So, the message that was being developed was more for that more general audience, not necessarily you. However, I also believe that being the curious people that you are at the advanced level of, of uh, inspection, you will be able to find the blessing and the good in whatever it is that I'm offering today because I do believe in the power of intention and also the divine order of things. So I'm going to just share it. And we'll see where it goes. So I know, at least I believe, uh, I'll get more, I'll, I'll mention that again later. I believe that we are born curious, and so I can prove it. If you have a purse and you leave it within reach of the two year old, what happens? Probably going to be some lipstick somewhere. So you see the child, you know, and, and we get these messages throughout you know, our, our sacred text. Jesus talked about it so much. Through the children, we see kind of the more ideal being of divinity. And curiosity is all about babies and toddlers, especially toddlers. Right? Well, once the wheels start going, those kids are into everything. But this is the part I want to bring back to us because over time, as we age, I think some things happen to our curiosity. You know, we have some experiences that shut us down. They hurt. Or we hurt. Others. And so we kind of throttle things. 
And it's through the blessings of Spirit, divine forgiveness, healing, that we move through that. You know, I, I thought this might happen. I'm curious about this myself. You know, when I get in front of a group like this, I often get very emotional. Um, it started yesterday. I'm just going to share because I'm curious about it myself. I'm listening to a song by the 10,000 Maniacs. Um, it's about, I don't remember the name of the song. Hey, it's about the neighbor. and I don't know how many of you know the 10,000 Maniacs. Great band name, isn't it? <laughs> In any case, um, the, the kid has a tough situation. He's getting hurt. And uh, there's probably just some more healing available. And I don't mean to do that here with you. That's not what I'm here for today. But I'm just going to be honest about the way I'm... Because I think that's part of being curious. is just being willing to be you. Um... I'll jump ahead a little because uh, the title, The Importance of Being Curious, is paraphrased from one of my heroes, Oscar Wilde. And he wrote a play, maybe some of you know, it's called The Importance of Being Earnest. And um, one of the things he said in that play was to, to act natural is such a hard thing to keep up. <laughs> I think that's what he said, yeah. To be natural is such a very difficult pose to keep up. Uh, now, what I want to share about that from a curiosity standpoint is when you're curious, you know, we don't need to go to the sacred texts of unity or the sacred texts of, of the, the Hebrews or the sacred texts of, of the Christians or, or the, the Buddhas or anybody else. When we're truly curious, we're, you know, God is everywhere present in all things, right? So, Whatever we see, whoever we run into, we're going to find that opportunity to find inspiration. So, Oscar Wilde, I don't know that he's uh, seen as a spiritual leader in uh, the history of man. But for me, he is. Because uh, he understood people. And I think that is so important to our purpose. I think I covered all that that I wanted to go. Oh, I wanted to share one other thing about why I'm talking about curiosity, the way I'm talking about it today. This is how the world works sometimes for me. So around sometime in June, I, I, I got first a call from, from Shirley, who knows me, and she said, would you be interested in talking to somebody from the church? And I talked to Greg, and Greg said, we have this opportunity. Anyway, I said yes. Okay. I often believe when you say yes, things start to happen. So, I had a couple of interactions with other divine spirits <laughs> uh, after that. They didn't go well at all. <laughs> Not well at all. In fact, they escalated ridiculously. Uh, let me say it even differently. I think I escalated them ridiculously. And then afterwards, I didn't feel good at all. Um, and I did what I could to repair and heal the damage I thought I created, um, still blaming them for the part they did. Uh, then I had to work on that part. <laughs> and just what I, what I realized was, if I'd have had the state of grace and the presence of mind, when I was feeling challenged to stay curious, I could have created more peace in the world. At least 
in my little area. And I didn't. But I didn't quit trying. <laughs> so here I am to work on that with you. So if I'm throwing, I don't know how many people are football fans, but we're going to have a good team this year. I'm curious to see how that goes. But there's a phrase in football that's about throwing behind the receiver. So I don't mean to throw behind you as the receiver. If you're already ahead of me, bear with me and just find the piece that might be useful for you. So, let's practice. So first, I think it's so important, and, and, and the meditation and the prayer and the music have so set this up that true curiosity comes from our heart, not from our head. So go to your heart and ask yourself this question. Why are you here? And by that, now your first question might be, what does he mean? Does he mean like here at Union Spiritual Center of Westlake or like in this universe? So let's start with University Center, University Spiritual Center of Westlake. Like, why are you here today? Is there anybody who's here today for the first time? Oh, everyone's a veteran? That's great. I'm definitely throwing behind you. <laughs> Reach back. Reach back. My guess is what brought you here first was curiosity. I don't know. It's probably unique to each of you what that curiosity was. And you keep coming back. And I'm wondering, I'm curious, what keeps you coming back? And some people stop coming. I'm also curious about that. You know, what is going on in, 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 in that question? But um, I forgot. Oh, don't be skeptical. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's just real. Skepticism. That's where it all started, the skeptic's guide to spirituality. So I was thinking, what about that word? It's skeptic, because it, I asked a few people, because I was curious. How does that word resonate with you? How many people think it has a neutral connotation? Positive? Negative? Yeah. That's what I've been getting. So that, that just could be the way it is. Um, but, but I want to shift that a little bit, because I think skepticism is a very powerful tool. I think doubt is really the root of skepticism. So I'm going to pretend that this whole platform is doubt, and I'm standing on doubt. Okay? I'm in the middle of doubt. I doubt this will work. No. Just kidding. <laughs> and also, like, pretend like the level of my weight. We'll say the level of my waist is neutral responsibility, just so I can point to it. So I'm in doubt, I'm not being responsible, I'm just experiencing doubt and I'm doing nothing. That's a starting point. Now, oh, also, I'm in the middle of trust. So everywhere is doubt, I'm standing in doubt, responsibility is neutral, trust. I have moderate trust. If I go down this way, well, let's go this way first. If I go over this way, and I'm really, really, really trusting, but I'm still doubtful, 
and I'm not being responsible, I'm going to join a cult. Or I call this area the area of the unquestioning follower. I'm, and by not being responsible, what I mean is I'm not answering my own questions and trusting that the voice that I'm listening to is telling me the things that I can then trust myself to believe. I need somebody else to tell me what's what. And they do it, and I follow it, and I don't question. They give me the Kool-Aid, I drink it. So on this end of extreme, that's extreme, but over here we've got, I'll call it the unquestioning follower. Coming back here, moderate trust, some doubt, still got doubt, less trust, less trust, less trust, less trust. Boom, cynic. Everything's a conspiracy. I don't trust anybody. Everybody's out to get me. It's all lies. There is no God, and if it is, whatever, right? So, again, there's actually very little difference. Like, if I took my little model and bent it around like this, the cynic and the unquestioning follower would actually be right next to each other. Just one affirmatively obeying, the other one is negatively obeying, right? fighting everything, agreeing with everything. Neither one of them is owning themselves and being responsible. See, that's where unity, that's where they mess with people. Because unity says, you know what? You get to choose what you believe. And, and so, a little side project that, that I have is this little alter ego of accidental minister. And this alter ego has these 15 statements that, that, that he uses. Talk about him like a junkie. If I put on glasses, I'd look like Clark Kent, right? And take them off, I'd be the accidental minister. So I'm actually in that mode. Here it is. It's very useful to me. Each person has both the privilege and the responsibility to define their own relationship with their idea of God. That, to me, the privileged part of that, free will, which is the blessing of God. We have free will. So then we'll talk, or maybe we'll talk more about this. We'll see in, in part two, mostly part two of the series. You know, this whole idea of, well, then what about, well, where's divine order fit into that? And, and what about preordination and predestiny and, just discuss those ideas, which I think free will trumps them all. But the privilege part, in America especially, we're pretty good on the privilege part, right? It's my right, blank, blank, blank. <laughs> we, even if it is really getting in the way of the rights of a whole bunch of other people, still feel pretty strong about privilege. The responsibility part, we struggle with a little more, I believe. Again, I must say I believe, because I don't know if it's true. It's just what I think. So I can't say I know, but I can say I believe. And because the thing is, is that if I don't stand here in the middle of my doubt, in the middle of my trust, and, and what does the middle of my trust mean? It means I trust myself to ask the questions, to search for the answers, to hear what it comes and sort out the part that resonates with my soul, my divine self, and the part that doesn't fit. I don't need somebody else to tell me that over there or over there. I do need other folks to share the process with me, though. 
Because other people are going to bring me insights that, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. Because in this beautiful experiment of life, everybody's got a piece. And I often forget to be curious about what your piece is to share with me. I'm here to encourage that today. Maybe you're already doing it, and I'm just talking to the choir. But if there's just a little bit of a chance, you might do it a little bit more, then I feel like it's worth the time. So this model, I know it's kind of crazy. I thought, well, maybe I should have an overhead. I don't want to do that. But I think the thing is, okay, so here I am. As I move upward, and everything's got to be upward, right? You know, but as I elevate myself by taking responsibility and moving into curiosity, I'm in the power part of the curve here. This is where I, I'm owning my life. I'm, I'm in resonating with spirit. Now, if I just stay here and do nothing, you can do that for a short period of time, but it'll start to get uncomfortable. Because if you have doubts and you don't do anything, they kind of fester a little bit. And they might move into things like worry, anxiety, fear, even terror. Anybody ever feel these feelings? So here's something to be curious about. Hey, I wonder if those feelings are like trying to send me a message that I got some doubts. They're really just the early warning signs of fear. Well, terror, I guess, is not an early warning sign. That's full out, you know, red 9-11 alert. But fear. If, if you let doubt sit, you're going to have fear. And so then you need to act. Because uh, fear, hold on, what's that? Action is the antidote of fear. I know this from my days playing football. Before the game, butterflies, upsets down, I mean, just nerves, anxiety. First play, bam, it's all gone. Now, I don't know if in your life you have a, a, a different example, but I'm asking you to trust me. At least try this out, that, that action is the antidote to fear. So as I take action, oh, just acknowledging that I have doubt is already helpful. See, I'm not sure about this. Okay, good step. Now what? What will I do? Well, maybe I'm just going to start with acknowledging it, but well, you've got to be careful. Those, those children might get out of the pen, get into the lipstick. So we want to move up. And again, the process is quite simple. Ask. And listen. So in, in listening is such a big part of the faith, of unity. Because it's in the listening that we, we get the direction. It's in the silence that we find our connection with divine source. Consider. This is where you're using your God-given faculties. You know, some of the 12 powers. Is everyone familiar with the 12 powers? All right. We're going to talk more about those in session three. And then ultimately, and this is where the rubber hits the road, you decide. You decide what you believe. Nobody tells you. Now, we can share, I believe this. Oh, yeah, that seems good to me. I'll accept that. We have some collective agreement on things we believe. But you decide. By the way, this is interesting. A lot of people are surprised when I say this, but trust is a decision. You're like, no, no, I either trust somebody or I don't. It's just, it's just data things. No, it's like, no, trust is a decision. I'll prove it to you. This is one I can prove to you. Who drives a car? Anybody? Alright, so sometimes you drive a car, you're going down, divide the highway, there's a big piece of grass in the middle. That, that's not the situation I'm talking about. I'm talking about country roads. Up, down, curvy, windy, sometimes wet. 
Other cars come the other direction, right? But I am sure that the separating barrier between the two protects you beyond any reasonable consideration of doubt, right? I mean, that painted yellow line on the road, that's not going to let anybody hurt you, right? No, but we trust. We don't know that person from Adam. A lot of people say, well, I can't trust him. I never even met him. I don't even know him. Do you know the person driving that car at you at 55 miles an hour probably weighs 2,000 pounds? You weigh 2,000 pounds. Those two things come together. Trouble. And yet we trust. We don't even think about it. Trust is a choice. So think about that when, when you use trust. Because, by the way, the negative side of curiosity, when we start using our curiosity, curious power non-productively or negatively, that's when we start going into blaming, alibis, explanations. Like instead of searching for a new idea, a new awakening, a new, a, a new way of seeing things, we go to, ah, nobody does that. You know, that's wrong. And that was his fault. My wife made me do it. As if she could. <laughs> Hi, honey. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we've moved through so much. I could just read this, but it just never works out that well. But then when I don't read it, I kind of forget where I am sometimes. Has that ever happened to you? So I want to go back. Oh yeah, I want to talk about free will. I have to throw this in. Because spiritual guidance can come from anywhere, and I love free will. There's a song by Rush called Free Will. Anybody heard it? A few people, yeah. Neil Parrott, who died recently, he did all the lyrics. Great philosopher and great, great, great drummer. Who's the drummer? He uh, must know Neil Peart. Peart. Okay. You, I, I have to sing it. You can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You can choose from phantom fears and kindness that can kill. I will choose a path that's clear. I will choose free will. Yeah. Well, by the way, I, I, I know, Greg, you told me when I got up here I was supposed to look at the clock to see what time it was so I could measure when I was supposed to stop. Does anybody know what time I started? <laughs> what, what's that? I, I've been talking for 25 minutes. All right, so I'm over time. Um, I just want to do one, can I do one more thing? Right, it's kind of like the whole thing I was going to do. Okay, I'll get to it. I, questions, curiosity, questions. Three big questions. How do we get here? What are we doing here? What's next? When it comes to spiritual questions, I think you can reduce all the other questions down to these three questions. And then I want to go a step further and, and suggest only one of those questions matters. And that's, what are we doing here? What is this? What are we doing with it? This, this, this gift that is the present, as the silly saying goes. The other two questions are important. They're shoulder questions. They're foundational questions. They are relevant to the degree that they inform the second question. So what about my history or my future affects the way I decide to be in this moment. Now, 
is everything I've said to you, the answer to what are we doing here is up to you. Each individual gets to decide that. And we also know that there's a collectiveness about us too. And that we end up falling into groups and patterns. So we're not strictly alone, but as the saying goes, you're born alone, you die alone. <laughs> you're having this experience. You're choosing to share it with me and these guys. So what are we doing here? I think that's the question. And I want to suggest, even though I just told you it's up to you, that there is an answer. Now, this guy over here, he thinks there's an answer, and he knocks on my door every so often to give me pamphlets about it. That's not the answer I'm talking about. It's kind of a liberal answer. I believe that what this is all about is us having a human experience. I mean, that is what's happening. You know, and, and of course, I think Wayne Dyer, you know, we're not spiritual beings. No, we're, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Well, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Except for, in unity, it's practical Christianity. So it's not just about these ideas, but it's like, how do we put it into practice? Through thoughts, words, and action, I live in the truth, I know. And so, I just want to leave you with the encouragement before I talk briefly about the spiritual practice. We're having this human... What a gift. Don't overlook it. Don't get so distracted by all the other questions. Just stop thinking about that question. What are we really doing here? Like when I was yelling at that guy, I was distracted by trying to protect my ego rather than recognize him as the prayer said a representation of the divine. I blew it. Luckily, that's the other neat part about human experience. We keep getting extra tries. You don't actually get a do-over per se, but you get to do again. So lots to do again. So what can you practice about this? Oh, is it up? Oh, there you go. Hey, some scripture. <laughs> By the way, I like to share my favorite scripture. It's in John 14. John isn't my favorite book, but when Jesus says, because you believe in me, all the things I do, you will do, and even more, because I go to the Father. Y'all heard that one? See, we'll talk about that a lot next time, because that's all about how Jesus isn't different than us. That that same Christ consciousness that he is the, the most perfect demonstration of, each and every one of you is that too. And we're just going through this human practice to try to get closer to that. However it is we want to do it. We don't have to be Jesus, but we can be as strong in Christ as Jesus. So, I want, I want to force you guys to practice the stuff I was screwing up. <laughs> because if I was doing it today, after I thought about my message, I would have simply said, just practice taking the word I know and replacing it with the word I believe. And you can have that one if you want. You just go with that one. We'll talk about it in two weeks. But if you want to do this one, you know, Oscar Wilde also said, the most unimaginative people talk about the weather. And I thought, geez, that's all I talk about. And I thought I was so imaginative. And I thought, well, I'm missing that opportunity. You know, and the other thing is, I'm not asking enough questions. I'm not drawing out the divine 
gift that anybody else might offer me. So just think about intentionally what you want to co-create when you engage with people. Just give it a, ask a question. And particularly when somebody starts yelling at you or accusing you or whatnot, that's when it's the hardest time. So it's at that time that I want, boy, I just wish I would have thought to ask a question. And the question can't be like, are you stupid? <laughs> All right? It's got to be an authentic question, you know. It's like, I'm going to take my slam and put a question mark at the end. Everything will be great. I invite you. You know, I just, I hope not everybody has the opportunity to practice that I had. But I want to close by practicing. So, what it, we're going to practice listening, considering, deciding. So, I'm going to ask you a question. We'll have 20 minutes of silence. And then, and then we're going to affirm whatever you decide. So it's going to look like this. I'm going to ask you to choose one word that describes how you feel in this moment. And then I'll say, okay, after the silent time, then I'm going to go three, two, one. And then I'm going to say, I am. And we're all going to say a word. It's going to be a cacophony of words, right? Or however you say that word. So the question is, choose one word describing how you feel in this moment. Okay. I am grateful. And so it is.